Good evening and welcome to this edition of our sports podcast. My name's Mark Dory and with me is Chris Butland. Good evening. Chris, before we go any further, we've got a really important, exciting announcement. The uh, podcast has finally got a new name. Yeah, no longer is it the unnamed sports podcast. We uh, have announced it via Twitter and uh, Facebook already, but welcome to... The Essential Sports Podcast. Yeah, hours and hours and hours of thinking time have gone into that and the the two brightest sports brains in the country, Mark, uh, have come up with the Essential Sports Podcast. I know. It does what it says on the tin, though, doesn't it? Does it does indeed. It <laughs> does indeed. So, thankfully, we have uh, now got past that stage where uh, we were a little embarrassed that that name would stick with us, the unnamed sports podcast, <laughs> which didn't really do what it said on the tin. Not uh, really. So that's a positive. Uh, alongside that, we're hoping to launch fully uh, a new website to back that up, yep. which will be uh, essentialsportspodcast.co.uk. Yep, and we've got a, a new Facebook group set up, which people can uh, join. And obviously all the videos and audio will be posted on there as we go, and there'll be a bit of space there to make comments and stuff. And we've also uh, got a Twitter account now, which is at Essential Sport. And that's sport singular, not plural. Yes, there was uh, some issues over what was uh, available on Twitter uh, for a username, but we've gone with at Essential Sport. And hopefully uh, most of you will have, uh, if, if, if you follow Mark and myself on Twitter, you might have found your way to that one already. Uh, obviously, we'll still be continuing with our own personal blogs, but uh, we'll be posting the podcasts uh, on this specific uh, website yeah. uh, for that purpose. Um, but we've got lots to talk about this week. It's been an incredible week of sport, Chris. Heck of a lot to talk about tonight, yeah. We've uh, we have a bit of the, a feedback on our predictions from last week. There's big stories coming out today about uh, certain players retiring. There's the transfer window update. There's uh, Carling Cup update. Some great Premier League action in the week. NFL action, tennis action. Uh, even a bit of a look forward to the Six Nations as well. And that's not even mentioning a, a couple of cricket matches that took place as well. Exactly, yeah. So there's a lot to talk about, but... Uh, our first, uh, I guess our main topic for, t- for debate needs to be introduced uh, by a little bit of an audio clip. Absolutely. This is a new uh, new part <laughs> of the show here, a little bit of technology working, so uh, just bear with us a second and uh, just listen uh, listen out to this. I mean, come on, Ed, it's bullcrap. Don't get me wrong, I love the ladies. I mean, they rev my engine, but they don't belong in the newsroom. It is anchor man, not anchor lady, and that is a scientific fact. Cracking stuff there. If you're not familiar with the film Anchorman, you really should be. Uh, really, really great film with uh, Will Ferrell. But obviously, we're, uh, the subject we want to kick off the show with is uh, the Andy Gray, Richard Key story. Absolutely, uh, yeah. Oh. It's uh, it's lines man, not lines woman. <laughs> exactly. Oh, I, I, what a week. I mean, to see basically two football presenters on the front page of most of the newspapers in the country, um, it, <laughs> the world's gone a bit mad, really. But um, oh, I just can't believe what's been going on. It's been uh, it's been obviously covered in the papers uh, an incredible amount, as you said. Um, lots of different angles. Um, obviously, uh, I don't know if you, you saw yesterday. Richard Keys was uh, had an, an hour long interview on uh, Talksport, which yeah, didn't, was, didn't come across all that well, did he? He didn't. And uh, after that interview, it wasn't too long afterwards that he obviously. Uh, um, well, I think he, he he jumped shit before he was pushed, yeah. really, didn't he? Yeah. Uh, but coming back to the sort of the, the basics of the story, Chris, uh, j- I know you've blogged about this already mm. in the week, but just talk to us about your sort of first uh, handle on the story. Yeah, well, it, it all kicked off on Sunday. I, I think the game uh, was Saturday lunch sign game, Liverpool against Wolves, or Wolves against Liverpool, I should say. And the game went off and Liverpool won three. And there happened to be a female lines, linesman, uh, assistant referee, I should say. <laughs> 
Um, and I, uh, she did a pretty good job actually. She made she got one vital decision correct. She did. But you know, you knew up and down the country. You know, happened with me. I was in a pub watching it with some mates, and I made a sort of flippant, jokey, sexist comment about you know what do women know about football? But it was a joke. The same sort of joke was being made up and down the country. Little did we know that uh, off camera and off off mic, well on mic but off camera, um, Andy Gray and Richard Keys had had their own little conversation where they talked in not such a jokey, uh, not such a jokey way actually, just about what a, what was the world coming to? There was this female lines where someone was going to have to explain offside to her. Yeah. She was going to get something big wrong, and um, you know this. Probably the sort of conversation they have regularly each week. Yeah. They probably come out with all sorts of stuff in the studio. Well, I mean, it's only been in the, 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 a few days later that obviously subsequent footage has been released of uh, yeah. Andy Gray really living up to that form, hasn't, hasn't he really? I yeah. Mean, so it's it seems obviously someone must have it in for them at Sky because this uh, off, you know off-air conversation was leaked by someone yeah. and it must be someone internal. Yeah. Um, and then subsequent subsequently there's been a, a footage of... Andy Gray making a somewhat flirtatious would be to say the least really inappropriate uh, inappropriate I think it's a better, um, better word isn't comment it? to Charlotte Jackson mm. uh, a fellow Sky Sports News um, employee and then also Richard Keyes making somewhat uh, lewd remarks about Jamie Redknapp's former girlfriend and all these are, you know they could only have been leaked from inside of Sky yeah I mean I've got a theory on that in, in terms of uh, Andy Gray is currently pursuing a uh, a, a libel case against yeah. the News of the World obviously another Murdoch um, publication uh, and Murdoch's uh, not a guy that you want to be, be trifling with really yeah. so it wouldn't surprise me if he's if he's been stitched up I'm not mm. condoning what, no, what no. both Keyes and uh, and Gray have uh, have done and uh, I think that probably in the end it was um, the only option that, that yeah. Sky had was to to uh, to sack Gray and and obviously Keys has left his own accord. Decision. But but what interests me, um, first of all, is just how um, the, the reason we played the Anchorman clip. It, you know, Anchorman was set in the it's set it's set in the seventies, and it's a a very male dominated world was news reporting in those days, and and the the film is a sort of pastiche of that, um, and the the incredulous incredulous response that you heard <laughs> from that clip we played was them discovering that. Um, a female reporter was going to get the job of, of Anchorman. News anchor. And it seems to be Andy Gray's impression that because he actually says, you know, they're called linesmen for a reason. You know, it's got yeah. to be a man. Yeah. Well, for a start, Andy, they're not called linesmen, they're called assist- assistant referees, but that's beside the point. But Gray and Keyes genuinely seem to think that only a man can do that job. Mm. And, you know, as you said, I, I've written a blog about it myself and... Um, cjbuttersblog.blogspot.co.uk if anyone's interested but you know if it, it's well well obvious that in terms of playing the game men are probably superior to women but in terms of learning the rules and applying them as a referee I don't see at all what uh, what influence you know your gender can have on that because no, no. it, it, you know at the end of the day it is a job you learn the rules you apply them you know you don't have to be good at sport you don't have to be particularly physically fit just look at Phil Dowd or some of the other referees we had down the years with their man boobs or whatever. Um, she, you know, and this girl, Sean Massey, has done fantastically well. You know, she's she's young. You know, not not it's quite aside from the fact she's a she's a, a, a lady. A lady. <laughs> she's young. You know, she's yeah, twenty five. She's, ri- she's risen to the top level of, of her profession pretty much at the yep. age of twenty five, which yep. for a bloke would be impressive. Yep. There's a twenty five year old bloke who's refere- refereeing games at the moment. Um, his name escapes me annoyingly, um, but he's. Uh, ridiculous he's got some awful yeah. decisions wrong and yeah. Sean Massey has got 
you know to the to the peak or well near enough the peak, um, and is doing very very well for herself. So quite aside from the fact, you know that she's done well, and she's so young. You know I, I just cannot see um, what their problem is with her. Yeah, I, but, mean, other, I mean, other than that, they're just you know <laughs> stuck in the sixties or whatever. Yeah, I mean, sadly for her, unfortunately, the story. Uh, has become so big that uh, she was obviously uh, due to to officiate a game on on Monday night, and yeah. she was removed from that. So, I mean, I do feel for her in terms of the story isn't shouldn't really be about her, yeah. um, but she's been caught up in it. So, I'm, I hope that she'll be able to get through this as, as yeah. well. But coming back to sort of uh, Gray and Keys, as you said, there's there's no place uh, place for them mm. uh, anymore. And you, you know, a bit like Ron Atkinson, I know parallels have been drawn to some extent. Um, I think they'll find it very difficult, uh, you know, to get to get further work in in yeah. sports broadcasting. I mean, it would be a very uh, you know, you'd have to get a, a producer to take a real chance, a real gamble on uh, on employing them again. So, uh, yeah. you know, for, for Gray, he's been earning what one point six million oh, a year. Yeah, so yeah. It's, well, I'm, he turned he turned down the chance to manage Everton in '97 um, to take a, a over a million pound a year off Sky. Yeah, so he's he's on big money. Yeah, yeah. I mean, interestingly, I read today in the. Uh, uh, Giles Corrin's uh, column, um, which I think was in the Daily Mail, Daily wasn't Mail, it? Yeah. Which is not a paper that I usually uh, no, no. have a lot to, to say for. But it was he made some interesting points uh, about the sort of wider issues around gender and and uh, comedy. Yeah, um, and I guess it comes down to context as well. We were discussing this with the lads from the football team tonight, weren't we? Uh, people, uh, some friends of ours, uh, Dave Britton, a few others, uh, and a few of them were sort of saying, well. The, the the Joe Brand point is is kind of moot because it's, it's, it's an act, you know. She yeah. makes a living from making yeah. jokes, and the jokes she makes, yeah, they're sexist, but they are jokes. The thing with Gray and Keys is that they, they just didn't seem to be joking. They generally yeah. seem to think that way. Well, away from the, the sexism thing, just just looking at Keys and Gray in particular, there's a certain side of it to me which it's like they're getting the comeuppance. Um, there's a smugness about Sky. Um, you know, the, the, people often make the comment, you know, that Sky seems to think the football started in 1992 yeah. when, when the Premier League started and when they, they, they picked up the coverage. And Keyes and Gray almost embody that, that well, smugness. Keyes has been there from the beginning, of well, hasn't for, he? And, yeah. and Gray, yeah, yeah. They, they were on the, the first broadcast. And mm. um, the two of them seem to seem to have got it into head that they're untouchable, that, that they, are, they are Sky, that they are Premier League. Uh, one thing that really got me a while ago, Andy Gray gave an interview to a magazine or something, but in which he basically said that he saw his role as an ambassador for the Premier League, yeah. which, to be honest, is garbage. His yeah. role is to commentate and summarise on football. He's not employed by the Premier League. He's employed by Sky, yes, but it's not his job to for the you know he he, he seems to have got ideas about his station that you know he is the voice of the Premier League and, yeah. and what he says you know, makes the Premier League stand out. Now, regard, you know, undoubtedly, he's a very good summariser and he will be missed for that. You know, he, he's always been good at um, highlighting the you know, things that people could do better, but also good at handing out praise. Um, again, another friend of mine, Andy Hyam, was talking about this. You know, he, he was one of the first sort of summarisers to not to not to just pick out dodgy, you know, poor play like, like Hansen does all the time, yeah. but actually just revel in great play. Yeah. But he has just... He seems to have just thought him and Keys just seems to have thought they were untouchable and that they had jobs for life that they could do what they want, treat people how they want, say what they want, and 
they've massively got their confidence. Yeah, I think, and uh, the irony is that I think uh, back when he was in his playing days, when he was playing for for Wolves, he he made the quote that he wanted to end his career at Molyneux. <laughs> at Molyneux. And uh, <laughs> ironically enough, that has uh, now come true as well. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, exactly. And you know, it'll be interesting to see where Sky go from here. Um, yeah, they've got plenty of capable journalists. You know, in terms of the Richard Keys role. Um, you know, it, it doesn't have to be an ex-footballer. It just has to be someone good at presenting. They've got plenty of people who can yeah. do that. It sounds like they're going to rotate to start with yeah, as well, just try know, a few people out. The guy who does the Spanish football is pretty good. Um, obviously, Jeff Stelling, yeah. um, Ian Payne, people like that. They've got plenty of decent people. Yeah. And Chris, ter- Chris Kamara, do, do you see a, a bigger role for, <laughs> for Chris? I, I think Chris Kamara is very good at what he does. And <laughs> he doesn't, you know, I wouldn't like to see him do How about uh, someone like Gabby Logan being offered big money to, uh, to go to Sky? What, a woman? A woman, oh, Chris, got, yeah. Got to be, got to be <laughs> kidding me, Mark. <laughs> now, well, joking aside, it, it'd be interesting to see what Sky do, actually. I wonder if they would suddenly give give uh, a woman some sort of anchor role. That would be an interesting uh, statement to make, wouldn't it? Um, as as for Gray's role, I'm not a big fan of Alan Smith myself. I hope he doesn't become the sort no. of first in line. No. It'd be, it'd be good to see uh, you know, someone who is maybe still playing but just about to retire get the yeah. job someone who's in t- very much in touch with you know what's going on in the football world now yeah. and who can offer sort of real, really good insight on that so I saw someone mention Gary Neville the other day and I thought you know much as Gary Neville is you know not not loved by everyone no. I think he, he he's someone who does say what he thinks and he's someone who's still in touch with what's going on in the game now so maybe someone of that of that ilk and he's certainly seen better days playing wise so oh, it yeah. might be a, a might be time for him to he, yeah Ferguson, to move Ferguson on. needs to get rid there I think to be honest so uh as as we said that was really the issue that um uh you know was uh, the, the biggest issue of last week mm. um uh, you know the world stopped really when it after after what happened there crazy so, amount of exposure but def- definitely worth talking about so, but let's let's move on. As I said, we've got lots to talk about uh, in, in other in other news as well. Just a, a quick uh, summary of uh, the transfer window. Obviously, that's what we focused on last week. There's been a, a few developments since then. Yeah, well, the big stuff. I mean, there's the the Charlie Adam <laughs> got it yeah. right this week. Charlie, uh, he's still a Blackpool player. Uh, played against United today, put in some cracking corners. Um, but he ha- he has now slapped in a, a transfer request. So. It seems his days at Blackpool are number, but it's just whether Liverpool are willing to to stump up the cash. I think Villa have also put in a bid for him. I think yeah. there's, a, there's a couple of clubs interested. But it looks like Liverpool's bid for Suarez will be over one way or another this weekend. Uh, Ajax will set a deadline. They're still holding out for yeah, twenty plus million. Quite rightly too. You know, if Darren Bent's worth twenty four million, then Absolutely. I think Suarez is and as well. The same goes for uh, for Charlie Adam as well. I think. Well, I mean, not 20, not twenty mil, but yeah, but, but twelve. Perhaps. Yeah, you know, it's not like he's conscious out this summer. He's got eighteen months left, so you, you know the way the importance of his you know, role in the Blackpool team is worth several million pounds. I think four million would be cheap. So I, I, I'd say about eight million would be, be about right. Interestingly, there's a story broken today about Ian Holloway getting a cut of whatever. Uh, transfer fee Blackpool get for Charlie Adam although uh, Holloway's future is also in doubt the rumours have it with uh, Blackpool being fined well, yeah he claimed you know when when this uh, when the FA charged Blackpool with fielding a weakened team which in by no- the way is absolutely ridiculous they lost 3-2 to Villa with a last minute winner oh. I think and just you know United and Arsenal can change 10 players in a team and nothing happens to them Blackpool yeah. changed you know I think it was 9 players they changed and they've got a twenty five thousand pound fine. But when when the story broke that you know that they were first getting charged, Holloway said in no certain terms, if we get fined, I might I'll be, quit. I'll, I'll quit. Yep. 
will he be as good as his word? We will see. I don't. I don't think so. Um, but coming back to the transfer window, yeah, other, the, other deals. Mm. Adebayor gone to Real Madrid, which is a, a big move. You know, Mourinho's been after a striker. Tried to get Ruud van Nistelrooy back. Yeah. Um, and Hamburg wouldn't release him. It's an interesting one, isn't it? I mean, Real Madrid, uh, Ronaldo's been banging in the goals. I think mm. he's the top goal scorer again. But they're... Uh, it's it's Higain, uh, Higain, who's their sort of... You know, Ronaldo plays in that sort of wider position yeah. and, and cuts in. Higain has been the guy who's played centre-forward. But he's injured, isn't he? he's injured quite, like, quite long time. So sure. they really wanted someone big to replace yeah. him. Karim Benzema hasn't quite he, fulfilled his potential. It doesn't look like Mourinho's got faith in him. So no. I'd be interested to see uh, how Adeboyle gets on in, in La Liga. In, in my opinion... Emmanuel Adebayor is a very, very, very good player. Um, he's got his attitude problems. Yeah, obviously fell out with Arsenal. City went a different direction with Tevez. Uh, and now they've got Dzeko. So his days are numbered there. But I honestly think uh, Emmanuel Adebayor is a cracking footballer. He, and if he gets a run of games at Real Madrid, he will bang the goals. He up. is a good player, Chris. But the only thing I'd say is that he's always had a bit of an attitude problem. But, uh, you I'm, know... <sighs> I don't think having an attitude problem necessarily stops you from being a great player. No, no, but true. We'll see. I, I, I would, I would bank on him to score. Is it prediction time? Yeah, prediction time. <laughs> I, I think, with the caveat that he gets a start and role in the Madrid team regularly, I would bank on him to score double figures. Yeah. In the league between now and the end of the season, yeah. because he's going to get chances in a free score in Madrid team. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, and the, the other one, uh, the other perhaps one of note to mention is from the Championship with uh, Chris Commons of Derby, who are really struggling at the moment, has gone uh, north of the border. Yeah, to, Derby don't need that really, do they? You know, Clough's uh, position is in some doubt, mm, and Commons is very much their sort of playmaker, and it's a good player at that level. And I think he'll do again. I think he'll do well at Celtic. It's a yeah. good signing for them. Yeah. And the other big sort of multi-million pound deal is Chelsea closing in on uh, David Luiz yeah. from Benfica. Who I've seen a bit of. Uh, he played against Everton a couple of times last season, and he looks looks a real player. Got a, a, a look of sideshow Bob about him. Absolutely tall and skinny with that ridiculous permed hair. Says the Everton Fellaini fan. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. There's <laughs> that. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I, if Chelsea get him, expect him to be a, a very good, a very good signing. Yeah. Uh, so four days to go on the transfer window. Yes, uh, might be a few more more signings. Yeah, I think Arsenal now are saying that perhaps they're only signing defenders on loan but I'd be interested mm. to see uh, where Wenger seems to you know where he'll pick up another another defender I mean he's already got five central defenders at the club so mm. he's saying you know there's no point me bringing in a six yeah and expect Everton to do something as well um, we're down to just three strikers now James Bourne's been loaned out to Palace uh, obviously Yakuba's at uh, Leicester City so we're just down to uh, Anichibi Yakuba doing uh, well though at Leicester yeah two goals in three games feed the yak and he scores <laughs> Mark um, so yeah, I think that I think there'll be a lot of uh, uh, my suspicion is there'll be a lot of frantic sort of loans and freebies and small deals on deadline day. Maybe the odd big one here and there like David Luiz. But uh, just linking back to my prediction last week, Mark. Yeah, coming back to that. So you predicted uh, that Darren Bent, uh, who moved obviously to Aston Villa in mm -hmm. a twenty-four million pound deal, you predicted that he would score on his debut. They were playing Manchester City, mm -hmm. which uh, with Villa's form that was patchy to say the least was, well, was a difficult Villa had played City around the Christmas period and got spanked 4-0 yeah, so um, it was quite a big prediction Chris uh, let us know how uh, how you got on well uh, Villa won 1-0 and Darren Bent got the goal and with pretty much his only touch of the game fully and fully he scored in. from a, a couple of yards didn't he yeah it was, it, was a, a, it was a tap in from a rebound but an accomplished finish just a classic Darren Bent goal you know the guy gets goals he, he gets himself in the good positions he's a poacher he's quick he and he's confident and you know, 
he he will score goals for Villa. Um, I think Villa, you know, they got a really good win at Wigan in the week as well. I think back them to just pull pull their form around a bit now. Yeah, well, and and Liverpool also uh, looking uh, comfortable in seventh now, Chris, after back to back victories. Yeah, back to back wins, back to back clean sheets as well. Uh, by all accounts, um, by all accounts, by the way, is another one of my little catchphrases I keep saying about. Obviously, me. thank you, Mark Ellis, for pointing that one out. Uh, yeah, I've not seen any of the game last night, but. Apparently it was a bit of a, a jammy win. Well, I think even Dalglish said that Liverpool were very lucky to get yeah. to get the victory. But you know that's the sort of win that they weren't getting, say mm. three four months ago, that they are now. So, will yeah. it remains to be seen whether they've turned the corner. But uh, yeah. uh, will be interesting to see. Yeah, as we said in a, in a couple of months. Yeah. So moving on from the transfer window, and we've just started talking about the uh, the Premier League midweek action, the big mm. game in midweek, and what a game it was. Uh, Blackpool Man United. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, I was uh, watching uh, the Arsenal Ipswich game, which we'll come on to. In a, <laughs> yeah, we'll get we'll get into Carlo so surely. So I didn't I didn't see the game myself, but uh, it sounded like an absolute cracker. So at half time, Blackpool were leading two 0 Yeah, two Charlie uh, Adam corners have been swung in in that first half. Uh, Craig Cathcart cracking bullet header for the first one, and the second one was a flick on, uh, which landed uh, at the head of landed at the head of uh, DJ <laughs> Campbell, who. Uh, Header into the, in, just inside the far post, um, and Blackpool were looking really good. And Bla- had, Man United looked a little bit shell-shocked. Yeah, and then uh, Blackpool had a penalty claim, didn't they as well? Yeah, I've, you know, I've not seen that actually, but uh, Holloway was up in arms about it. So you know, he'll have seen the replay when he gave that into as well. So it sounds like it might have been a, a dodgy one, but just you know, I've talked at length about United being my favourites for the title, and they just underlined it with their second half performance. Seventy-two minutes, they were still two 0 down. And by the I think eighty eighth minute they were three to one. Yeah, I mean if there's one one team that you you believe could come back from two nil mm. away from home, it would be Man United. They've just been there, done it before. Yeah. They they mentally they you know they don't break under pressure. No, but they snatched a draw at Villa under similar circumstances. They played the two 0 down, not playing well at all, and got two goals. This time they went one better and got the win. Berbatov again, uh, just in superb form in front of the goal. Got another another goal for Chikorito yeah. uh, Hernandez as well, really nicely taken. And you've got to say, United are looking very, very good bets for the title now. Yeah, I mean, they've still got to go to uh, to Arsenal. They've still got to go to play City again, mm-hmm. I think. Uh, yeah, and, they've got to go to City. And Chelsea. Chelsea as well, yeah. So they've got tough games, but they're just starting to, you know, maybe just slightly build up a bit of a cushion now. Yeah. Um, I think that was their game in hand, the Blackpool game. It, it um, was. The, all, all so the everyone, clubs everyone's played 23. City yeah. played 24. But United, you know, with, with everyone playing the same, they are five points ahead of Arsenal now. So they've even got, you know, the grace to lose a game, game or draw a game, and still be still be ahead. Absolutely, um, but goal difference is superior as well. So, they're you know they're in they're where they'd want to be. Yeah, yeah, and indeed. I, I, you know, it's where, will they stretch away or will will it stay tight towards the end of the season? We'll see. But yeah. I, I still back them all the way. United to win that title. But uh, coming uh, back to Arsenal, we mentioned earlier that they were involved in yep, the Carling, Carling Cup Cork. in the semi final. They were one nil down, incredibly, from the first leg yeah. after that. Dismal, dismal display. Switch, yeah. um, so they're a goal down. Um, it was a nervy one. I, I watched it on on mm. television, and uh, you know, for an hour, um, we didn't really look like we had, you know, we got control possession wise. But we're finding it very difficult to break uh, Ipswich down. Yeah. They were they were playing, you know, really well, <laughs> uh, a bit, uh, you know, hanging on. But uh, as soon as Arsenal scored that first goal, but Nicholas Bentner, it was a great goal, Chris. I don't know if you've seen it. He uh, you know, he took the took the ball yes, down, half, instant yeah. touch, came inside, and 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 unleashed a, nice. a curling finish into the corner, which was it's, the, it's, it's just that infuriation, infuriating Nicholas Benton thing, and he, he'll miss from a yard, 
and, and play rubbish for, for a game, but then he can just do something like that. His first touch is brilliant, cut inside, lovely, and his finish was un, you know unstoppable, really. And it, it was. And, turned and the game your way. It did, and then we went on to score another couple of goals, and uh, it, it was a fairly comfortable victory in the end. So, uh, as we said, Arsenal through to the Collin Cup final, where they faced Birmingham, who... Uh, who you know again were involved in a, a fantastic game of football against West Ham. West Ham were leading two one from the first leg. Yeah. Uh, then Carlton scored. C- Carlton Cole. Cole scored an absolute belter to make it three uh, one to West Ham. Yeah. And uh, unbelievably, Birmingham came back from three one and managed to win in extra time four um, three, which they'll be you know so pleased with. Uh, I think it's the first time they've been to Wem- to a Wembley final in uh, fifty years. That's I think. right. Yeah. They 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 reached the. Um they were part of Liverpool's treble in uh, Nine, 2000, was it? 2001, was it? 2001, yeah. 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 Um, and Liverpool beat them on penalties, and, uh, but it was at the Millennium Stadium, quite yeah. right. And um, yeah, it's interesting because McLeish has been coming under a little bit of pressure recently. Birmingham have been uh, somewhat in free fall in the league. They're just, just one place and one point above the relegation zone. And people have started to talk about McLeish maybe fearing, fearing the sack, but hey, Presto is in a Wembley final and might just alleviate the pressure. Still... You've got to back Arsenal. I think I think the hunger's there. You know, five years without a trophy, they don't want to make it six. I think the hunger is there. Is there this year to go and win the trophy? Yeah, and I would back them. Yeah, the I final. think I think it's interesting that Wenger started to uh, come out and say that he believes that it's important that Arsenal win yeah. this trophy as well. I think in previous years, obviously, his team selection he's fielded much much weakened, yeah. weakened squads, and he's taking it serious this year. And he yeah. he believes that it'll be a catalyst. For success, which it was, I guess, for uh, Mourinho. For well, Chelsea. yeah, and also you think back to United before they won their first Premier League title in 1993. They got underway by winning an FA Cup in 90, what, 1990 and then the Cup Winners' Cup in 91. It was a couple of cup competitions yeah. that gave them that taste of, of success and they, they started winning leagues. Yeah. Um, maybe it'll be the same for Arsenal. Obviously, we're talking prematurely, they haven't won anything yet, but they're, all, they're, they're in, going strong they're, in all four they're competitions. All the cups, so, yeah. um, Although obviously they're going to get knocked out by Barcelona, Mark. Well, Chris, that will be a later prediction, <laughs> but I'm not going to I'm not going to tie myself down with that it's, one quite yet. Yeah, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, so yeah, it's fairly exciting as Carling Cup goes, and uh, we'll, we'll look forward to that cup final. That in, cup final uh, at the end of the February? month. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think February. it's 27th or 28th. So that'll be a good one to, to keep up with. Um, the other the other prediction that I made last week, Chris, if you remember, was a, a tennis prediction. Yeah, let's move on to the tennis. Yeah. Uh, so I predicted rather boldly at the time that Andrew Murray would win his first Grand mm-hmm. Slam title and obviously suddenly you're looking uh, like it might be on well absolutely I mean it's been been a really interesting week of tennis uh, over in Melbourne um, even today uh, there was a big semi-final with uh, Djokovic playing uh, Federer and uh, it was the manner uh, and Djokovic has reached reached the final yeah. uh, but it was the manner of the victory that surprised me Chris it was a straight, straight sets victory sets, the, yeah. the first set went to a tie break uh, and then, uh, yeah, Djokovic, you, you know, uh, really cleaned up on on yeah. Federer. And, and it's, it, I, I saw that it's, this is the first time in how many years that Federer has not been the incumbent winner of one of the four one majors. One of the four majors, which yeah. is an incredible stat. Yeah, I, I say it's an incredible stat. I didn't actually give you the number of years, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, believe me, it's it's several years. <laughs> and then on the other side of the draw, obviously. Uh, Nadal, who was who was favourite for the tournament, yeah, uh, he went out in, uh, you know, somewhat disappointing circumstances. He picked up an injury in in the first few games of his match, uh, and uh, you know, just against David uh, Ferreira, Ferreira, and uh, Ferreira, 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 and uh, 
uh, yeah, didn't didn't really look like he was on top of his game. And uh, I know uh, the manner of the, of the, the man. He he wouldn't uh, admit that injury played a part no, in his defeat afterwards. But it obviously had. But it, but it obviously had. But for for, for Henman. Henman. <laughs> Blast from the past. Oh dear, uh, it's late. Quarter uh, for, <laughs> for Murray. Sorry, uh, obviously he's playing in his semi-final match tomorrow, and he won't have a better chance, I don't think, to win to win this first title. Um, so we'll see by this time next week whether my prediction is still up. Uh, well, has come true. Obviously, mm-hmm. the final being on Sunday morning. What's his um, head-to-head like with Ferrer? Uh, I mean, I don't think it's a player that he's played an, an awful lot. I think, actually, to be honest, he would have preferred to play Nadal right. in the semi-final. I mean, he, he knows uh, Nadal's game inside out. Um, he's got a good record against Nadal. Um, he, he played very well against him at the end of the season in the ATP World Tour Finals at the mm. O2. Um, I mean, the issue is, I think, I mean, Frere's the seventh seed, isn't he? Mm. Uh, and... Uh, just looking now, thank you. Uh, that's, that's, stats. Yeah, interest, interestingly, actually, Ferrer has the uh, the nod over Murray three two yeah. on uh, out of five meetings. Yeah, but Murray won the last game very comfortably six two six two. But that was only a, th- a three set game at yeah. there, so it you know it'd be a tough one, and and he can mix it up. Both of them are players that are quite similar to each other in terms mm. of their unpredictability. Um, so I think it's going to be a, a cracking semi final and. Uh, I'll be trying to do some work tomorrow morning, but keeping half an eye, I'm sure, on that on that match that's as possible well. Possible to keep half an eye. Mm. Is that is that doable? Yeah, maybe uh, just maybe not not even not, not go for a whole eye. Well, we'll, we'll see how we go. See how, <laughs> it, how exciting it is. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, I mean I'm very pedantic the, today. I do apologise. The other thing that we predicted uh, last week was the teams that would make the NFL. Uh, final, the Super Bowl, which is taking place. One second, sorry. Oh, There's one more tennis thing I wanted to mention. Yep. I, don't, I don't know if you saw, is it Wozniacki? It is, Did yeah. you see her press conference? Yep. <laughs> it was quite, you, do you know what, Mark? For a girl, it was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> she, she she started the press conference, basically she got wind of a, she hadn't got wind, that would have been quite a dramatic <laughs> press conference. <laughs> no, sorry, she, she got wind of the fact that uh, a few uh, tennis journalists were sort of saying, oh, her press conference is always boring. Yeah. You know, she, she always says the same stuff. And so she basically said, right, my pre- you say my press conferences are boring. It's because you guys are asking boring questions. So what I've done is I've, uh, I'm going to spend the next five minutes pre-answering the questions that I know you're going to ask me. Yeah. And then you can ask me whatever you want. So she... Um, Sort of basically said, so uh, yeah, I played a good game and it was a tough match and I uh, beat my opponent. It was very tough, blah, 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 blah. Uh, and then just said, right, open open forum. So the journalists were at first a little bit taken aback, but then they started <laughs> asking all sorts. Asked about global warming. Apparently she's a Liverpool fan, so they asked her about Kenny Daglish. I just thought it was quite a nice little uh, touch because quite, you know, quite a lot of... Uh, People can come across as pretty dull in interviews and stuff, but is yeah. you know they do get asked the same stuff over yeah. and over again. So fair play to her, you know, yeah. not, didn't, bad, not bad for a lass. Didn't do her any favors though, because she lost in the semi final, unfortunately. So oh, uh, right, okay. Well. The uh, there's a there's a Chinese uh, finalist for the first time, I think, in oh, Grand Slam history. So yeah. that will be uh, an entertaining final as well, which will be on Saturday, Chris. Uh, yes, yeah, I'll be sure to watch that one. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on, <laughs> <laughs> moving on before we get removed from the airways. <laughs> no, to, to, no credit where it's due. Women, women's tennis mm-hmm. uh, is actually watchable. One of the it's it's one of the sports I would say that women can play pretty darn well compared to football. 
you know, you'd rather watch a game of women's tennis, a game of women's football. I'm going to let, let's move. We should have moved on. Mike. I don't think we I'm really going to get involved in this debate. On. So the NFL, <laughs> NFL. Uh, obviously it was not the, for ladies. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, Super Bowl is coming up on the 6th of February. Yes, I believe uh, the two finalists have been decided. Yeah, and our, as far as our picks went, or our picks or your picks? Well, you you picked the Bears to go through, didn't you? And I did. They didn't. Uh, they didn't. I went for the Packers in that one. However, I did go for the Jets to stun the Steelers, and they you didn't. Did. So, yeah, the two games, fifty um, percent. The Green Bay game at, at Chicago was first, and Green Bay won that twenty-one fourteen. Um, interesting game. Uh, Chicago got through three quarterbacks in the game. Jay Cutler. Their first choice um, got an injury. Got an injury early yeah. on, uh, fairly well. Sort of, I think it was sort of halfway through. So they brought in their second choice quarterback, and the, the stat came up when it came on that in this season he had before that game he had thrown 11, 11 passes mm. and been intercepted five times, <laughs> which is absolutely ridiculous. And uh, true to form, he 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 stunk the place out. Yeah. So they brought in their third choice, uh, Caleb Haney. Great name. Who actually did pretty. <laughs> Mark's middle name is Caleb. Uh, Caleb Haney actually played pretty well for. I thought for he did a, a great job. Uh, yeah. Got a touchdown and got Chicago back into back into uh, into the game. They uh, to fourteen seven. Mm. Uh, but then Green Bay pulled away with a really good defensive play, which we'll feature in our plays yeah. a little later. Yeah. Yeah. I mean that was the that was the key moment in the game, it wasn't was. it? I mean, watching the game, I thought that Chicago at that point could then go on. Yeah, you thought they, you know, even. Even with the backup quarterback, they seem to have the uh, momentum behind them to get back into it. But Green Bay killed it off really well. Um, they, Chicago did go and get another touchdown to make it twenty-one fourteen, but uh, a, uh, an interception in the end yeah. killed off uh, Chicago. Um, but that was a, that was a good game, and then that was followed up by uh, Pittsburgh against the Jets. And the first half, it was a genuine game of two halves actually. Yeah. Uh, Pittsburgh absolutely steamrolled the Jets in the first half, twenty-one uh, to nothing at the half time, I think. Uh, Steelers came back in the second half, make it got got nineteen points up. Pittsburgh just kicked kicked an extra field goal, and that one was all over. Um, so yeah, Steelers against the Packers in the final, which I think has the potential to be a really really good game. I think it'll be tight, wouldn't Both it? Both sides, are, you know, as you'd expect from the teams, you know, the, effectively the two best teams in the in the NFL getting to the Super Bowl. They're both good offensively and defensively. I would say Green Bay have the better quarterback. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is an absolute stud quarterback. Really, really great passer. It's a bit um, sexist to say there's a stud, isn't it? <laughs> it's a phrase, man. I flip it, they can't get away with anything. <laughs> uh, you know, he's a really good throw of the ball. Um, goes without saying, I guess, for a quarterback, but he's particularly special. Um, they've also got this hot new discovery, Jason Starks, mm. uh, running the ball for them. Um, as for the, the Steelers, Ben Roethlisberger, a very, very good quarterback. They've got an excellent running back in Rashard Mendenhall. Both teams have fearsome defences. Um, Pittsburgh, sort of, uh, what's the word? The word's gone from my head. Uh, obviously? No, not, not obviously. For once, it's not obviously. <laughs> Pittsburgh typified, there you go, typified by Troy Palomalu, uh, who's a big bundle of hair and muscles, who uh, is just an absolutely fierce and defensive player. Uh, Green Bay have their own bundle of hair and muscles, and Clay Matthews, also a fearsome player. And so it should be a really, really cracking game. I'm siding with the Packers. Uh, Steelers have won it, won the Super Bowl quite a lot. Uh, Packers haven't won it for a while. Uh, I'm, I'm all, I'm all about the Packers for this one, but I have a nasty feeling that Steelers might do it. So, Chris, uh, your first prediction of this, uh, this episode is that. Oh, don't make me pick. I, I want, I so want the Packers to win it. Okay. But follow your I'm heart going, or your head. I'm going to predict that the Pittsburgh Steelers will win it. 
Um, I'll give a little shout out to my mate Eki. He's a massive uh, Packers fan and will be on the edge of his seat for this one. And uh, you know, for Eki's sake, I'd, I'd love the Packers to win this one. But uh, you're trying to cover your bases, aren't you? Here? Yeah, I, you know, I, I really do want the Packers to win it because they play such good uh, passing game. And Aaron Rodgers seems seems like a gem. I think you're going to have to put your money where your mouth I'm, is, there, Chris. Come on, I'm going to have to push you. I'm going to predict the Steelers. The Steelers, the Steelers to win the Super Bowl. Okay, well, I'll, I'll, I'll be unhappy. Just to keep it entertaining, I'm going to do the opposite. <laughs> you're going to go for the Packers and uh, go for the Packers. So okay. Green Bay to win Super Bowl XLV. XLV, and of course the big story about Super Bowl halftime show this year: mm. Black Eyed Peas. Chris, I love the Black Eyed Peas. <laughs> do you know what, Mark? That does not surprise me. Uh, I thought their their performance on this year's X Factor was just absolutely out of this world. Incredible. I wish I had been out of this world when they were on. <laughs> Fergie has got to be the worst live singer I've ever heard. Oh, dear. But, Mark, we've started talking about music. What are we doing? This, this is not the Essential Music Podcast. Th- th- that's for a later <laughs> date, I think. Um Quick side note, the uh, 30-second commercial slot in the Super Bowl this year, guess the price? Millions, isn't it? Millions. $2.5 million for yeah. 30 seconds of advertising space. Unbelievable. That's unbelievable indeed. But uh, yeah, really looking forward to that. This I'm going to watch Bowl. it on the BBC. So. BBC, oh, it's all about Sky. It's all about Sky. <laughs> right, well, uh, I think we've, as we said, we've managed to cover quite a lot of uh, storage this week. Uh, so uh, it remains to be seen uh, how Murray will get on. Uh, we've we've ticked off the NFL. Uh, we've talked about football. We've obviously talked about the big story with with Gray and Keys. Um, the only thing to look forward to in the coming weeks is going to be the Six Nations in Rugby Union. Chris, will you be watching? Uh, I will. Yeah, the Six Nations is one of the the Rugby Union things that I tend to get into. The Six Nations and the World Cup, I, I, I tend to try and watch. And um, I mean, you're the expert in this area, Mark. So. Any uh, any sort of early thoughts on who's going to win it this year? Yeah, I mean, uh, I'd recommend uh, that you read a friend's blog um, who's uh, just started a job for a local agency, um, Banana Kick, a guy called Ben Hooper, who's mm. a, a rugby player. Hoops to his friends. Hoops to his friends, indeed. An ex-Leeds uh, Met. Probably, I just made that up. Uh, he's a Leeds Met alumni. So I will link to his blog, which is an excellent blog in... Uh, on the website. Yeah. Um, but I think what he's saying is obviously there's been quite a few injuries for the different squads that they've had to contend with. Obviously. This year, obviously. <laughs> this year is a particularly special year because it's also a World Cup year. Mm-hmm. So it tends to be when, when it's a World Cup year that some squads will try and experiment in the Six Nations just to try out a few different combinations. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, sadly for England, uh, Courtney Laws, who was involved, if you remember, in our, one of our plays of the week previously, in fact, oh, our yeah. moments of 2010, moments of 2010 try um, who showed, re- you know, re- really great hands for a, for a lock, and he's made real, real great inroads uh, in and, and strides for for the England team. He's sadly sidelined with injury, yeah. um, so that's a shame. So, uh, and and there's a few other injuries as well in the England camp, but I think England uh, have got a really great chance uh, of of winning the tournament this year. I don't think they'll win the Grand Slam. But I, my, my money is on England to win the tournament. France are in all sorts of problems, but you never know with France which uh, which team will turn up. They've made some interesting squad selections as well. So, um, so yeah, it remains to be seen how they get on. Mm. And then Scotland, I think, will be the dark horses. They've got quite a balanced, settled team. Um, they've played well in the autumn internationals, mm. and uh, I think they'll be the ones to watch. Really? W- Wales, for me... Uh, again, uh, are not, force. Well, they're not in good form at all, and, and the same with Ireland. They're still in a, a sort of building mode, so it's going to be entertaining. I think it'll be close, 
Um, but England for me to win the, uh, really? the Six Nations wow. this year. Yeah. Well, we'll uh, we'll press you for some match by match predictions next week. Obviously, the, uh, obviously, the uh, the action gets underway a week uh, a week on Friday night with England taking on Wales at Twickers. Yeah. It does. Um, so really looking forward to that actually. And uh, I think you're going on holiday the next day, aren't you? I am. Yeah, I'm off so. to off to Egypt. So fingers crossed that the mm. uh, political situation calms down a little bit there. Well, what's going on there? Oh, who cares? We're talking about, we're talking about sport, Mark. Forget, yeah. forget Egyptian politics. I yeah. couldn't give a damn. <laughs> uh, forgive me, any of our Egyptian listeners. Um, just <laughs> uh, <laughs> quick mention: we have we, di- we didn't cover this earlier in our football uh, section, but just coming up this weekend, of course, is the FA Cup fourth round. It is indeed where's, Arsenal. Where's the shot coming, Mark? Well, Arsenal at home to Huddersfield is not where the shot's coming, nah. so I think that'll be a comfortable win for Arsenal. Um, there's some good games though: Notts County against City. Notts County yeah, flying high, but I don't think they'll do it against uh, City. Yeah, I can see, I can see Forest actually Forrest beating West Ham. Ham. Mm. Do you know, what? I, I wonder about Coventry at Birmingham as well. Birmingham mm. might have a little bit of a hangover from the Carling Cup. Coventry will, you know, it's a kind of Midlands derby. Coventry have not been too bad in the Championship this season. I know our mate Pricey will be uh, be rooting for them. Yeah, uh, maybe them to cause a shock at St Andrews. And your own club Everton at home to Chelsea, which is an interesting it one. Is. Actually, uh, when this came out, Mark, I predicted that we beat these because all season we've been beating, we've been winning the games you're not expecting us to win, mm. and drawing, you know, case in point, uh, Saturday against mm-hmm. West Ham, uh, drawing or losing the games you'd really expect us to to win. Um, Sorry, I think I said that we've been winning the games expected to win. I meant to say we've been winning the games expected to lose. lose yeah. uh, and Chelsea, you know, they've just finally found a bit of form. Really good win at Bolton, 4-0. Um, they'll obviously be the favourites, obviously. Obviously. And Everton, you know, we've lost Pienaar. We haven't brought anyone in the transfer window yet. Got a few no injuries, strikers. No yeah. strike. Well, we've got strikers. This is rubbish. <laughs> um, you know, we're not expected to win this one. But we're at Goodison Park. The crowd will get behind us. Everyone loves a good cup run, and I just have—I I never ever predict Everton to win, Mark. But I've just got a sneaky feeling we might do something against Chelsea. So your second like. prediction this week is that Everton will <sighs> beat Chelsea sure. in the fourth I'm not round sure of the I'm FA Cup. To make it a prediction because if if I do predict it and Everton lose, mm. then I'll be hung hung out to dry by my mates. But mm. sod it. Yeah, Everton are going to beat Chelsea on Saturday. I'm going to go... A bit of optimism for once. There's a big game on the south coast involving Torquay and Crawley Town. Massive game. And I am actually going to go for an away win there. I think Crawley Town, who are one of the best sides in the Mm. non-league, they've got a lot of money behind them, I believe. Uh, Yeah, they have. I think that they will triumph over Torquay. Yeah. So they'll be into the fifth round and hoping, I'm, I'm guessing, for a big... A big money so spinning we, time. You might see Crawley creeping into the uh, the next round of the FA Cup, Mark. <laughs> see what I've done there. Absolutely. <laughs> United, by the way, are away at Southampton, which you never know. Might be an upset. Mm. Obviously, St Mary's will be full for that one. And time's gone by that's provided some entertaining fixtures, hasn't it? Certainly has. Southampton United, back in the days of the Dell, certainly. But mm. uh, you've got to, got to expect United to beat them. Uh, Fulham Spurs will be a good game on a Sunday as well. But anyway, some good, good, good football coming up this weekend. Uh, NFL is the Pro Bowl, so there's no uh, actual playoff action this week. Um, and as I say, the the Six Nations gets away under underway, underway. Uh, a week coming. So I think there's only uh, obviously the the final part of our show is the plays of the week. Yeah, but for, for those who have not listened to us before, oh, sorry, Mike, you going to say something? I was only going to say that we haven't because it's been such a packed show. We haven't actually mentioned the England cricket team who are still actually on tour, still on tour. Finally got a one day win in Australia, we? so they're three one down in the. 
seven match yeah, series. Yeah, three, three games to play. So you never know. It, wouldn't it be awesome if we, having gone 3-0 down and given Australian cricket a bit of pride back, yeah. if we turned it around and won it 4-3? And Strauss seems to be making noises this week that he thinks that's possible. So I think know. the next game's tomorrow or, or Saturday, is yeah, it, I think? it's coming up anyway. Um, so one to keep an eye on, but we'll we'll probably come back to that, uh, yeah. obviously with the World Cup coming up as well. So we're just keeping an eye out on the, on the cricket Definitely. as well. But... Uh, let's uh, let's move on to the players of the week. Yeah. I think we've got one from the NFL and two from, from football. football one from the lower league. That's right. So yeah, anyone who's not listened to us before, uh, we we like to highlight our sort of three favourite sporting plays of the week. The sort of three best moments of sort of individual brilliance, which uh, which we've enjoyed watching. So yeah, well, shall I start with the NFL one? Yeah, you better run through that one. Yes. Yeah, so we're getting towards the end of the uh, Chicago versus Packers game. Uh, Chicago are coming back into it. They're about to, they're starting a drive off quite near their own goal line. Kayla Payne, the third choice quarterback, is throwing. Um, throws a ball, throws a ball to hopefully one of his receivers, and up steps BJ Raji. Oh yeah, three hundred and thirty-eight pounds of uh, defensive muscle. Well, is not even f- muscle, largely flab. Is it the fridge that he's called? Is that? Uh, the freezer. I think. The freezer. Um, I knew it was some sort of white electrical. Yeah, goods. he. Uh, you know. Basically, his role in the team is not to be catching interceptions. He should be, you know, on on that defensive line, grappling with a with an offensive tackle. Um, but for some reason, as the play started, he moved off the line, covered a receiver, caught the ball, and just sort of waddled into the touch in, into <laughs> the uh, into the goal that in, the end zone. Sorry, uh, and it was just just pure comedy. His celebration as well had a lovely little dance on him. I, th- I think that's what I enjoyed the most. That obviously he. had Obviously, I'm doing it now. I've got oh, me doing mate, it. It's contagious. That he was, pr- he had obviously, <laughs> he had. <laughs> Come on, you can do it. Previously practiced that touchdown celebration. <laughs> yeah. So you know he's he been waiting his, his whole career his for whole this career moment to, to happen. Touchdown. It really was good. What is your cat doing? I'm not sure. As <laughs> we mentioned, as we mentioned before, <laughs> the two cats normally join us as, as the audience for this podcast. Yeah. And uh, Thank- thankfully, they've not released any. Uh, he's doing some today. strange stretches. stretches. Anyway, so yeah, BJ Raji is the first player of the week. Absolutely gorgeous. Uh, gorgeous. Gorgeous. Not, not the word I would actually uh, apply to that. Mm. A very entertaining moment, but a very important moment in the concert of the season. Basically sealed. Um, goodness, mate, Mark, as I speak, breaking news on Sky Sky Sports News. Liverpool, Liverpool reject Chelsea bid for Fernando Torres. That is a bit left field, that one. That is a bit left. If only that happened a bit earlier, we could have talked about that. I know. Uh, obviously bid rejected, but Chelsea making a move for Fernando Torres. Interesting stuff. Sorry, yeah. So BJ Raji, first player of the week. You need to see that one. So as we said, that one will go up on the website. Yeah, as usual, we'll, we'll uh, post these videos on the website. We'll make them available on the Facebook. Yeah. All that stuff. We've You'll got be all the it. bases covered now. Yeah. Next uh, one. The second play of the week this week is from Chelsea's 4-0 victory against Bolton. Yeah. Uh, a game that I did see some of. And uh, despite Chelsea being dominating that game, I felt uh, that Bolton had started off in a really good uh, attacking way and mm. uh, they were unlucky to be a goal down, but what a goal it was. So uh, there was a throw in and, and Didier Drogba just receives the ball about 30 yards out, mm. turns towards goal and uh, just in hope really hits this ball. But you know how Drogba hits it, he yeah. hits it hard. And it moves about three times in the air. It's incredible. It just the the ball swerves like an left S, and an right. It, it has. I mean, it's um, you know, it, it's given Jeska Liner no chance in the in the net. Uh, he, he's got a, a bit like Ronaldo in a way that he's got this unique way of striking the ball sometimes, and it it just does ridiculous things with the air. And this this shot, it really does. It goes right and left and right and left. And Jeska Liner is a quality keeper, and you wouldn't normally get beaten from that 
that distance, especially as it's not in the top corner. Is no. It's kind of straight down the middle. But no, it's the sort of goal the, that as a striker you love to score, though. Oh, great. A really true, really true strike and, yeah, cracking hit and well worth seeing. And uh, so so that's the second one. The, the final play of the week this week comes from the Championship. Chris, yeah, if you want the, to talk us through this, this one. this is gorgeous, Mark. Mm. This, this is gorgeous. Dropping down to the Championship, QPR, as we know, running away with the title somewhat. And a lot of their, their good form has been down to Adel Tarabt, the guy they got from Spurs. He, was just, he is an out-and-out flair player. Great value to watch. Um, and you get, uh, They're playing Coventry City at home this game. Uh, they've gone a goal down, come back into it one all. And we're sort of into the latter stage of the game. I think it was the 78th minute. Yeah. And uh, Routledge, uh, not Routledge, sorry. Routledge the guy goes on to score the goal. Tarab gets Tarab, the ball yeah. out on the left wing, covered by a defender. Um and he, he looks up and with the outside of his right foot from the left from the left wing, curls this ball absolutely beautifully. It's a delicious Just, pass. Oh, it is delicious. Very very tasty indeed. <laughs> curls this ball the outside of his foot over and round kind of the the, the, the flat back four yeah. of um, of Coventry City, and Wayne Routledge has anticipated timed his run perfectly. Mm. He catches the ball on his right instep yep. with one with one touch, and with his second touch, just knocks it underneath the goalkeeper. It really is, you know, if Re- if Ronaldo had played that pass to yep. Adebayor or you know if Rooney had played it to to Berbatov, you know the pundits would be talking about it for weeks. It was an absolutely gorgeous goal, yep. well worth seeing. And as I say, we'll, we'll post the video. So yep. Adel Tarab's pass to Wayne Routledge for his goal is our third player of the week. And this isn't going to be a regular feature, but I've just seen it on the TV now. Maybe the the villain of the week oh. uh, is going to be Kevin Muscat. Kevin Muscat. Playing now in uh, Australia in the A-League. I he's believe. always been a dirty git of a player. and He's playing in the A-League for one of the Melbourne teams. And he put in... I, I, it's I, not I, even I, a rugby tackle. I hesitate to call it a tackle. No. It, it's assault. Um, it goes in above knee height, both legs... Pretty much ends this guy this guy's career. Then claims he tried. Then claims he got the ball. He got the ball, yeah. Uh, and he's just incredulous that he's been sent off. Uh, to give him some credit, he has come out in the press since then and said, you know, it was awful. I'm, I'm, I'm ashamed. I've apologised. He actually comes out with an interesting statement. Just said, you know, he is a veteran player now, Kevin Muscat, and he came out with a statement saying something like, you know, I think maybe the game's caught up with me a bit now. Yeah. Maybe I'm just too slow for it, and he's doing—he's obviously doing a bit, obviously <laughs> doing a bit of uh, soul searching on the back of it. But the tackle itself—it's horrific. Oh, it's, it's horrific. It's, it's up there with the worst I've seen. It is. It is. Um, so ending on somewhat a downer there, but yeah, always good to finish with a, a negative sports story. <laughs> <laughs> but there we go. There's another episode wrapped up. Uh, all ready to go on our new website, as we mentioned before. The new site is at www.essentialsportspodcast.co.uk. Yeah, and we'll t- we'll tweet the details of uh, as soon as the uh, the pod is uploaded, and it'll also be on our Facebook page. And uh, please, uh, we really welcome your comments and feedback, and uh, anything anything you'd like to talk about on next week's show. Please, please do feel free to uh, get in touch with us. Uh, any of the any of the uh, the ways we've given you uh, our own Twitter Twitter's accounts and uh, Facebook and all that sort of stuff, we'd love to have you guys involved. Right. Well, thanks very much for listening, and uh, we'll catch you next time. Yep. Yeah, good night. Cheers. Night. <laughs>